Hear now the words of the witches. The secrets we hid in the 90s and aughts. Vintage TV is invoked here. The great work of magic is sought. Bring us your powers, you sisters three. Wait, 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 wait. Are we doing witchcraft? No, bitch, it's a podcast about charm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Yujun Zulu. Hello, I'm Nick Probst. And this is... The Podcast of Shadows. Oh my gosh, you're still Nib. I am. Uh, a cons- consistent little game from you today. I'm impressed. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually not just impressed. I'm envious. Oh, are you envious? Just like some villains in the show? Yes. <laughs> I'm very, uh, I'm feeling like I like what you do and I want to steal it. Yeah, well, maybe you can convince me to give it up to you if you astral project over my shoulder and and whisper little lies into my ear. Nick. That's a pretty effective method. Huh? Nick, <gasps> give me <gasps> your powers. I mean, <gasps> I mean, not your powers. You don't have any. Um, give me your <gasps> individuality. Uh, oh, okay. And buy me a Snickers I'm, bar. I'm being influenced. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was actually really it, funny, though. It's that easy. I mean, we'll get into it in the episode, but, like, this episode's premise needs so much work to wrap your head around. Uh-huh. It felt like utter desperation from the writers. Like, we are getting rid of these characters today. Yeah. And... No matter what happens, no matter how confusing it is, we're just going to keep on explaining everything that doesn't make sense right. through a character immediately figuring it out. Totally. And, then, and then we're going to get rid of them. They are done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like they, they raised the stakes pretty well, I guess, because it was like they got the charmed ones to fucking to put their powers in a little lamp thing. Like, that's a big deal. But then it's like, it's all just like over like that anyway. And they just get rid of them. Yeah. And faith carries us through. I, I have to say that, and obviously we're going to get into it, but I mean, it just, I believe in faith, but I also don't believe in giving up. And I felt like this was an episode about just giving up. Right. The writers gave up on the narrative. They gave up on the characters. Uh-huh. They're just like, we're just going to, we're just going to kick everything out and start again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, that seemed like such a weird thing. Because like, especially Prue, it was like, well, we have to. We have to get rid of our powers. We have to do. Like, it was such a quick turnaround from everything else that usually informs the characters. I have a little theory. Um, we'll talk about it with our guest. But cool. I think that this was the episode that was like the first order. Oh, what do you mean? You know an episode, you know when things get canceled mid-season? Ah, I feel like this had a story arc like that. Like they'd only plan the first half to see how it went. Uh huh. And then they had to kind of like go in a different direction. Oh, maybe so. Yeah. Cause it really feels that way. Cause everything kind of changes after this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, there's like a couple storylines that continue, but like a lot of it's left very open-ended. And it like does get rid of, uh, uh, the only kind of villain that's been for multiple episodes. Not just yeah, like a they're... monster of the week, but like people who've been featured for a full arc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they basically get rid of series regulars, which is crazy. Right. You know, I mean, I guess in, in a magic show, that's fine. But like, like if this happened on Friends, like if they right, got rid right, of right. the guy that worked at the coffee shop, like halfway during the first season, it'd be like, wait, do you just not like the setup of the coffee shop? Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I'm super excited about our guest today because we can't have the whole episode do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I, I we're going to introduce her in a, in a couple seconds, but she, this girl is fire. She's yeah. um, she's a DJ. She's my coworker. She's my friend. Um, cool. I affectionately call her my work wife. She's oh, hilarious. That's nice. Um, and um, she is not very well versed in the show, but she's a powerful woman. And Great. Um, that is that is that is all we that is what we need. We need to have more of this energy so we can talk about some really like crazy things that happen in this episode. I don't know why, but I feel like we're in a gendered place 
in this time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like we have to talk about it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And who better to provide insight than some badass ladies? Yeah, and obviously, like, we can't speak for all men. We can't speak for all gay people. She can't speak for every woman. But, um, you know, it's 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 just, it's refreshing to add this element to our our podcast. Anyway, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll get into the episode just so we have enough time. But um, I'm super excited. So let's, uh, you know what, maybe... In, after thinking about the arc of the episode, you can just keep your individuality. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Um, Nick, Hello. I just, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, so I want to just introduce my friend, my work wife, my life, uh, Brooke. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Hello. Oh my god! Uh, big, uh, big fan of podcasts of mm, shadows. Yay. Um, big fan of Mijan as well. Um, Mijan and I work together, and we've worked hell nights, so we're mm-hmm. very close <laughs> in that oh, way. Yeah. And we also have a good connection of um, love for entertainment and pop culture. So this is actually perfect, you know, gabbing about charm for a set amount of time. I know, I know. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing bonds you quite like. Two things, working in a restaurant together and magic. So, uh-huh. right. yeah, witchcraft. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you know in, in on a little joke. I have not been mentioning the actual name of the restaurant that we work at, uh, <laughs> just, just to keep everyone in. Yeah, no one needs to know where we were. Yeah. We can work at Hooters for all we care. We totally <laughs> work at Hooters. No, no, no. But um, it's, it's just such a pleasure to have you on here because you are, you are savvy. Oh, I am? I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just telling Mijan last night that someone called me funny. I was like, I don't, I didn't hear that either. These are all new adjectives. <laughs> I had no idea. Existing my 26 years of life. Like, I never heard these before, but okay. Savvy. Lean, lean in. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes the best parts about ourselves are the things that we don't even notice because we just, it, they come easily. Oh, I like that. You know? Get that tattooed on my mm. back. That's a lot. Those are a lot of words. I we, we need to abbreviate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that keep that brings me to something that this um, this episode really is a lot about, and it's about being envious of uh, other people's qualities mm-hmm. and trying to take them on for yourself. Yeah. It's very toxic, but we see it. I mean, it really comes to a head in this. I mean, that is so many of the plot lines in the episodes, which we get it. We get why, because the charm ones are so powerful. A lot of people want to take their powers, but in this one, it's unique because it's not like a monster every week. These are characters who are trying to take them who've been featured in Mm. multiple episodes. Mm. I was just going to say that like, it really, really feels to me like um, this was just kind of like a, okay, we're done with these characters. Yeah, they get rid of them so fast in this. I mean, it's like, let's find them an end. Well, it's also they like that energy is so toxic. You know, I always kind of take it as like a metaphor for Rex trying to steal their powers for like men trying to steal women's powers in real life. And that is just sort of like not invited when you're amongst a coven of strong women that just like won't happen, you know? So Mm -hmm. I took that as like a strong metaphor be like, bitch he wants those powers but like he's not gonna get them you know because people are gonna protect them because of like what good they like project out for themselves okay word, word to that that that's i i mm. agree i agree oh man you're right like and it's <laughs> but because we kind of get this feeling that like the men in here the men that are to introduce the show um one of our guests actually said that she's like these men's are kind of like pawns in the storyline but you're right. It's like the men kind of come in and they interrupt the like sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and nothing can break that. Right. And especially like the dynamics that we've, you know, even jealousy, even like, even when Prue, like when she was like in her uh, premonition of Phoebe's like premonition, like regardless of like whatever sort of um, like, I guess, you know, argument they were in throughout about Rex and stuff like that. She still was like, Oh, I need to take care of this. Like, Mm -hmm. even though I'm kind of like bugged about it, it's like, she's in trouble. I need to like attend Mm -hmm. to this, you know, like nothing will break Mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah, and that's that's something that it consistent throughout the whole show that always warms my heart is how much even when they fight or whatever problems they have, their love mm-hmm. trumps everything else. As it should between each other. That's really good. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. such a positive message. So I have a question, and like want to get your opinions on this. So we see um, Piper, I guess, have her power. <laughs> like really highlighted with freezing and everything like that. And Prue is, I guess, like um, Mm -hmm. some sort of like levitation or pulling and push and pull kind of like effect. Telekinesis. Telekinesis. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that is like related to their personalities or like their growth or like is I'm honestly going to say that I'm not a charmed like aficionado. I, you know, that's fine. Watch the show that you gave me and have a lot to say about it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> but I'm not sure if that's something that's explained in the show or something that is dived in, or you think like, this is just something like, it's a pattern that like, oh, this character gets this power. Or do you think it like relates to their personality type of thing? Both. It's it's definitely both. I think it's most evident in Prue that it's a part of her personality. And sometimes they get into how uh, their powers are triggered by emotions. All of it is most evident in Prue because they say that her telekinesis is uh, triggered by her anger. So that's like a very visible thing. Whenever she's mad or threatened, that's when it usually comes out when she's not even like thinking about it. Um, and in Piper as well, I think you can see that a lot too with her freezing, that it's, it's always a very sudden thing out of fear. Uh, Phoebe though, I'm trying to think, uh, if that ties to a certain emotion or what? Well, yes, it does. Um, so, so with Phoebe, um, her like the the premonitions are really about like feeling for other people. Mm. Like she's always worried that someone's going to die. Mm. So Phoebe's very empathetic. She really feels other people's emotions. She's the easiest person to oh, access. She's such a Pisces. Like <laughs> probably, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Like she just. She's she's a little bit more spiritual and like connected to the earth and you know like she she feels very strong emotions and follows her heart very strongly mm-hmm. and so you could say that like Phoebe's intuition is the best um, because like I think even in this episode she's like do you think that Leo could be the demon you know she's like starting to like piece it together even though she doesn't know and then at the very end she's like do you think Leo fixed it. Mm. And and they're like, no, it couldn't be Leo, mm. but she's right. Well, we even mm-hmm. we saw like us as the audience, I guess on um, the other side. I was skeptical. I thought that he was, you know, in cahoots with Rex. Oh. That's what I thought because he came and he was like looking for the tiara, and I was like, oh, like you know, there's just all people, like all men, all warlocks out for witches. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I, that's what I thought. You're right. And then bam. No, I mean, literally anyone who dates them ends up, like, it's very rare that they just date, like, a normal mm-hmm. guy. That's just, like, another, that goes into my thesis of, like, men just want to take down women <laughs> and just, like, take everything good that they have. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm i thoroughly convinced that the men who wrote this show kind of wanted to take down women because mm. there are so many, um, there's so many moments where, like, women are put into, like, very uncomfortable situations. Like, we... Like we see that like, okay, the tiara is stolen from the auction house and Rex in the same sentence as he's like, well, you know, I can't really deal with everything. Even though, even though my auction house has been robbed, can you take care of it, Prue? Mm -hmm. But I'm going to ask your sister out on a date. That's not a date, but I'm going to send her roses the very next day and promise to get her a job Um, and then invite her to a dinner party which when she gets there ends up being a dinner party for two. So controversial. I have so much that like Uh. so much to unpack with just that. Okay. (laughs) Literally, if you want me to go on a tangent, I will, because first of all, this was filmed, you know, released in 1998. So of course, like Mm -hmm. that kind of, kind of realm of like feminist and masculine mm-hmm. culture isn't really developed yet. Like this is sort of normal. And like for mm-hmm. him to be so pushy about it, I like, I'm a woman now in 2019. And if someone invited mm-hmm. me over to a dinner party and it was just him and me, and he was like, you know, like shipping freaking sushi from Kyoto, I would be like, 
Bye. Mm-hmm. Out of here. You told me this is going to oh, be a yeah. party and it's just you. Psycho. Uh-huh. Goodbye. I agree. That's so manipulative. Yeah. That's so manipulative. It's so gross. It is manipulative. That's a whole thing. Even his relationship with Hannah is manipulative. Yeah. It's gross. And I mean, I, mm-hmm. I actually am really happy that like, you know, cause like sometimes the, the charmed ones are kind of dumb until something like actually goes wrong. Phoebe's like, what's the catch? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She. That's, I mean, at least she's like trying to question it. Yeah. But I'm, um, but she still, the whole episode gets into it with him. It's, I mean, it's unwise, it's wrong and terrible. And I just, I'm so glad that you said that Brooke, because I was like, in this day and age, you, you can't write these scripts because they're <laughs> offensive. Um, and for him to do that is offensive. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys wouldn't do that either. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone invited you out, it's, bizarre it's weird and you would think it's manipulative even if said person you had a really good time at the verb show Mm -hmm. and they gave you flowers the next day i would be like bye this is weird (laughs) (laughs) like not i mean i think i think it'd be cute no i mean one flower is cute but like after one date like that's just like stalker yeah Mm -hmm. That, that's too much too soon. Uh, I mean, but th- this is something that like through the lens of the show 20 years ago, it's like, that was, oh, wow, he's doing so much. I guess I have to appreciate it. Like it's this position where she's kind of caged to but, it. Yeah, but you sure. don't have to. I mean, those were a lot of roses. Well, sure. But it's like, but he's still, he's making all these big moves. So he's like asserting the upper hand. Those are like power moves. And she feels like, oh, but I think maybe now, hopefully, 20 years later is when we can react, like if women are approached that way or interacted to that way, hopefully there's more of an empowerment now to be like, okay, no, I don't like this. I, and I'm not afraid to speak my mind. You're being a psycho. I agree with unfortunately what you said, we Nick. Don't see in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Claps you. Oh. <laughs> no, I, that's... Yes, I agree. And for Phoebe to have her power as premonition, she couldn't pick up on that Rex was like a dingus. I, I, I'm at loss of words. Well, I always say that like, I think Phoebe's actually a little lazy because she always complains about how her power's not active enough. Um, but like mm-hmm. literally she just doesn't, she doesn't pick up on like the most, the things that are like right in front of her face. Yeah, she like she doesn't think about her pre- her power creatively. I think yeah. is the issue. She just kind of lets it happen or not happen, and then doesn't like it. But if she, yeah, maybe thought of different ways to employ it or trigger it in some way, it might become a lot more useful. I mean, because she's she's defensive enough that when like okay, so the the tear is missing. Phoebe is super defensive. You know, like Andy comes over, he's like, "Why are you here?" Why are you at our house? I don't see a warrant. Get out of my house. And I'm like, that's the Phoebe that I need when Rex is like, oh, yeah, I was totally going to invite you to a dinner party, but it's a very exclusive guest list. I was like, you're evil. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like the hands down, like you can't, you can't do that to me. Like you can't invite me under false pretenses in your apartment and just like pour me a drink. I mean, this is Bill Cosby. Totally. I mean, that's, that's such a dangerous situation to be in. I think we can all agree that Phoebe needs to work on her powers. Yeah. I mean, at least her, her the way she thinks about them, because I think it would only benefit her. It would only maybe make her more powerful or tap into something more active. I think it's just exercise them, you know, so that they can grow. Yeah. I don't know. Learn to appreciate them. Sounds so rude, but <laughs> I think I love what you said about how you think Phoebe is just lazy because that is sort of like a cor- like a cornerstone. I'm just imagining her being a Pisces. So I'm just like <laughs> looking at the lens like that. Mm-hmm. And from what I can tell is people who like things come really naturally to and don't have to work mm-hmm. for it. They're just sort of lazy about it, but they will always deliver when they absolutely have to. So she needs to be motivated. She needs to have a light under her fire, you know, her ass kind of thing. But um, she is lazy. And I think that's just like, you know, she doesn't want to use her powers because she doesn't have to in the moment. You know, practice is like, why practice when you can look fabulous in an outfit? You know what I mean? That is kind of her at this point, though, because like Mm -hmm. she actually doesn't she still doesn't have a job. Like she's going to an employment agency, but like she doesn't know what she wants to do. She's been kind of living there with her sisters, not paying rent. And, you know, she just she doesn't she doesn't really do much. But when she 
um, actually this happens like I think in the next season, she decides that because her power is so passive, as she describes it, um, she's going to learn like Kung Fu so that she can better defend herself. And she gets really good at it. Right. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. I love Like that. she becomes like a Kung Fu kind of master, like just because she's de- she's determined to be able to fight demons actively. Um, but for now, <laughs> she hasn't grown in that direction just yet. Oh, hell no. But, I mean, but she's on her, she's on her way to it, hopefully. And it's like, it's lessons like this, interacting with Rex in this way, that hopefully is getting her there. And you think, okay, so I, being someone who doesn't really watch the show, does Rex make an appearance throughout this series, or is he done? What happened was, is that Rex debuts on the series as if he's going to be like a you know a consistent character like he owns the auction house that Prue works at it's like you can't imagine Prue having a job without a boss at her job and he's just kind of this like sexy British guy but for some mm-hmm. reason at this point in the series they choose to just get rid of him I mean obviously the character arc has been saying that actually little did we know but Rex is evil but it mm-hmm. just seems like super surprising that they would get rid of him in the first season. I kind of like that though. In in terms of like like show arcs and everything like that, I think it's sort of like that's why, you know, not to bring in another fantasy show, but Game of Thrones is so good is because it's it shouldn't be about like the characters that, you know, that you cling to. It should just be to help this story and narrative along. So like whatever best thing goes to like, you know, shovel them out. And mm-hmm. I'm good because Rex is such an asshole that I was like, good, I'm glad this guy's gone. <laughs> and and it's it's the first time we see them approach a kind of like arc villain, uh, like a villain over several different episodes who f- lays out his plan in over the course of time. Uh, so it's like, it's good in that way to see the show taking steps to have something a little bit more engaging than just like this episode, this is the bad mm-hmm. guy. And then he's done. So even though Rex and, uh, um, oh my gosh, blanking on her name. Hannah, Hannah right. Hannah, I almost said Wendy. Like <laughs> he is a redhead. Completely, completely incorrect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even though they are rather quickly done away with in like less than a full season, it's it's good to see the show like starting to move toward like longer story arcs. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Um, did anyone think it was really funny that uh, that Rex was going to see the Verve pipe? Like, um, way to keep the show, like, super current. I love... Yeah, as if he would Oh, like my God. That. Okay, first of all, I love The Verve. Like, I absolutely love uh, that band. It's, like, such a pinnacle band yeah. for 90s, early 2000s shoegaze. And for them mm-hmm. to say that, mm-hmm. I'm just, like... And that's also, like, Cruel Intentions era. Mm-hmm. So it really does, like, mm-hmm. paint the kind of, like, um, you know, the ambience that, like, I love stuff from that era. Because it's like the fashion mm-hmm. and then like kind of just like this atmospheric sound and everything like that. So it made him cool. But that's like supposed to be like what like his character is supposed to pose as. Someone who's like, he's so perfect. You know what I mean? Like he likes good music. Mm-hmm. He has good taste. He has an accent. He owns an auction house. He's rich. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's why, that's why I thought it was weird for him to like that band. I just didn't see it that way for him. But I mean, hey, I guess he's cool. <laughs> Well, what do you think, like, okay, in the 1998, like, in 1998, it was, like, Aaliyah was out and everything like that. Like, what do you think that he would, like, that you would be, like, this is what Rex actually would like? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, it's, it's not fair of me to complain that he would like Verve because Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what he would like. I just, for, for me, it was just so much, like. Oh, he likes it because he's what? playing at something. He doesn't really like them. He just is doing this as some sort of ploy. Well, no, but it also made sense because he's mm-hmm. British. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But maybe <laughs> he did that as a ploy because Phoebe is a very, like, I guess her character, I'm not, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is sort mm-hmm. of like that manic pixie dream girl or manic pixie dream witch, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And so women like that would like like bands like that so maybe he maybe it was mm-hmm. a calculated thing yeah 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 oh it definitely probably was. yeah to to manipulate it into something because he knew 
that she would like something like that and wouldn't be able to refuse going to see them. Well, also because it's like part of her backstory is that she was living in New York in the 90s. And, you know, she was like, just kind of like having fun there. So she probably like waited tables and like would go out, you know, in the East Village Mm -hmm. and like go to a rock concert. Mm -hmm. And like Charm's aesthetic in terms of music is very 90s, like, like, pop no I, I don't even know what you call it it wasn't grunge but it was like like it's new it's on, like new wave almost yeah but like they mm. the in the so if you notice like the credits are super long like in and yeah they're like yeah. 30 seconds long and it's because so we used to joke about how it was to establish that they were in San Francisco. But then I, I realized what actually it is about is it's about product placement for those musicians. Mm-hmm. 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 And, CW is big on that in general. Oh, I guess the WB back then. Oh yeah. And I mean like, yeah. not in this, not in this season, but once they, once they have the P3 power of three uh, bar that becomes the hippest mm-hmm. thing in town, literally every <laughs> single episode is super famous like popular artists or up and coming people or people who like you don't recognize now, but you might've recognized then playing a set. Mm-hmm. The Cranberries are on mm-hmm. Charmed. Oh, um, Paula Cole is on Charmed. Or is, is that her name? Remember like, I don't want to wait for lives to be over. To be over. Right. She's on Charmed. But she was on there. Um, yeah. I mean, and I do appreciate that they're like featuring of artists and stuff. I mean, it's good. It keeps it hip. It does. Yeah. <laughs> So they're all about the music for some reason. Well, that's like, you know, mm. sort of the cornerstone of a good teenage drama is like good music, you know? Like, so you, I don't know if you watched Charmed when you were growing up, like in your teens and stuff like that. But my show when I was a teen mm-hmm. was like One mm-hmm. Tree Hill and mm-hmm. the OC. And music is such like a big overcoat and layer on watching, you're watching oh, yeah. I mean, you know? California. So here we come. You know, like that, that, that song was, yeah. Oh, I was just to say, if we're talking about music, should we talk about fashion? Cause that was a bullet point that you <laughs> put in the email. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it, especially for this one, because at the beginning, like they walk into the house that said like, I think that Betsy Johnson dress was a little bit too expensive. I mean, for Prue to be working at an auction house and throwing down for like a Betsy Johnson dress as one of many dresses that she's just bought, mm-hmm. she's dropping a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Betsy Johnson was huge in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and half of the stuff so that right. she goes in front of the mirror in, with wearing is like not appropriate for work. She's wearing like basically <laughs> like a, um, a like a, a spaghetti strap dress that's like floor length, like it's a maxi mm-hmm. dress. And I'm like, you can't wear a maxi dress to an auction house to work. Uh, and her boobs are out in like half of them. It's for going out, baby. Yeah. She's going. Remember Phoebe says she's a, what is it? SWH or. or single hot witch. <laughs> SHW. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> she a single hot witch. That's what I am. Yeah, me too. <laughs> single hot witch. Oh man. No, I, I, I think that like, I like that she's a little scandy in the auction house because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being in an being in an auction business like if you worked for christie's or sotheby's it's a little scandy you know what i mean like scandy is a word i have not heard scandy scandalous oh great yeah Mm. Yeah, i love that (laughs) so all power to her and she looks good in it so it's hell yeah no i love that and it's i think that's fun and it like gets to show because prue is oftentimes such like uh, Prue is often like a serious character, like angry. She leads the pack, is always on the mission, on the go. Uh, and it's fun to see her have a fun moment sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also those, it, what was so 90s about this moment was where she's trying on the shoes and then she has that like block heel corner with like the strap. And it's like, that is, there's nothing more, um, there's nothing more, 90s than that type of shoe yeah it's like steve madden era yeah no i mean those those high heels are so steve madden Mm -hmm. it's the era that's why i like love i i love this era in fashion it's all about like subtle sexy and then with like a really strong structure of whether if it's like a long maxi skirt and like a really chunky shoe like in the in wicca envy um phoebe wears these like when she's like going to the dinner party slash like 
the exclusive dinner party that Rex invites her to, she has this amazing shoe on. <laughs> no, you're right. It's blocky and it's amazing. And it's just like, yes. And she has the like the the top with the blazer. Love it. That's so with the with the with the hair up in like a little bun. Oh, that entire outfit was on point. It was so nineties. I mean, I have to say that like Melissa, sorry, Alyssa, Alyssa Milano, <laughs> Alyssa Milano's style game is. I mean, it's 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 a thing to watch. I mean, her, Shannon Doherty and they just they are so good looking on this TV show that it's it's kind of inspirational. So I have another question to ask you guys. So Charmed, when was the craft filmed, like the movie with like Nave Campbell? It was before. It was a couple years before this. So like the craft, um, we talked about this on the first episode, but the craft happened like 95. 1996, okay. 1995, yeah. I only say that because Piper looks like Nave Campbell. They have that like, Oh. very similar face structure and and I sort of like that in terms of like casting witches to be like sort of like not like um like I would say like Alyssa Milano is like the typecasted like you know like girl next door kind of like borderlines like sex pot because she's very voluptuous mm-hmm. and she like doesn't hide her personality through mm-hmm. fashion and I think that Piper kind of leans that like very like um more conservative but like more like also very powerful once you like get to know her. And I think like her evolution of style throughout episodes kind of showcases. Oh no, I I totally agree. And I also think it's kind of funny that like in the craft, like all the witches were brunettes and then for charmed, they're all brunettes. Uh (laughs) I love it. I literally was going to tell, I was literally going to bring that up because I love (laughs) Well, you would considering that you're also a brunette, but I, (laughs) I know if you don't know, Nick, I'm a brunette. Okay, great. <laughs> and I love well. Well, in context, if you didn't get like the couple of minutes before, the cast of mm. the craft and Charmed are all brunettes, and I yes. like, hello, love it, witchy, spooky. No, and it's it's so we all agree. Like, just the casting of the of the show was just it was fantastic, and there's so many there's, there's just so many moments where like I I really enjoy '90s fashion. I both enjoy the outfits that like the women wear, but um, when I look at Andrew Trudeau in his nasty like you know bulky suit that's mm-hmm. like not really well fitted, <laughs> walking around, I'm just like, wow, men men had such a rough time during the '90s. <laughs> yeah, right. So. <laughs> Women, like, women didn't have their rights to their own bodies until the 50s. And in a lot of ways, still don't. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so it's like, he can suffer in that fucking baggy suit. I mean, but honestly, like, I'm suffering because I don't like to see him in a baggy suit. I know. (laughs) It's either going to be, it's either has to be tight or off. I know, right? I mean, like. The, 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 one, <laughs> the one good thing is that people still wear like wife beaters um in the i should probably stop calling it that that's really bad oh yeah they're supposed to be called like a shirts or or just uh, just tank like tops, tank tops tank or tops. something but it's different it's but it's different than a tank it's a top, ribbed white tee tank... that you can buy at cbs there you go okay yeah ribbed, yeah, yeah ribbed white <laughs> tees ribbed white tees with the with the acid wash jeans Mm-hmm. Or, or is it like, or, or instead of it's a wife beater, it's a spouse beater. It's a mm, husband beater. I don't want to be beaten. Even, you know, because <laughs> it's inclusive for gay people. <laughs> I know, it's like being progressive oh, about God. the wrong well, part of it. Yeah, let's, let's try and reclaim it. Let's, because <laughs> even if you call it like a beater, you're still like, no, don't beat me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, That's still I always thought it was like something like when you beat eggs. You know, mean like whisking them, and I'm uh, like, oh, that would uh-huh. make sense to wear like that kind of t-shirt, that tank, because like you, you know, you have so many room for your arms <laughs> to like not get yoke on them. I don't know what I was thinking yeah. when I was a kid. Right. No, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's really sweet. <laughs> oh God. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> what do you think that Middle America feels about witchcraft, and like maybe not like witchcraft in general, but like probably the rise of like astrology and things like that. Where, where do you feel like middle America falls in line? Know, to but this? I definitely know that they try to do some work to make sure that like, if someone's Christian, they're okay with watching the TV show because um, what does that happen? Mm-hmm. There's a moment on one of the episodes where like Piper's really worried that like, they can't go to church anymore 
um, because they're witches, but they realize that they're still good people. So like God doesn't hate them. Right. I mean, and they tie into that. I, I think I would expect that most people are okay with things like that as entertainment, but they don't want it to be too real. Because when it's real, it's then it's, oh, it's of the devil and it's against God and things like that, which people are still weirdly very holding on to. I know. Middle America, chime in. Yeah. Yeah, let them know. <laughs> yes. Sound off. Go off, girl. Sound off. We uh, we have a podcast, Race, uh, Race Chase, wait, po- Podcast of Shadows, Instagram. <laughs> we are we accepting DMs all the time. So just, you know, let us know. <laughs> okay here's a question so obviously in this episode um rex ultimately says that i've seen how you can just kill anyone that comes after you so i've decided to blackmail you into giving me your powers right would you be blackmailed like is going to jail that bad i was thinking about this too mijan i was like while you know coming up with questions for this i was thinking about what would i do would i like relinquish my powers and be like you know like go to jail or keep them i would mm. i would keep them for me and i would be oh, like yeah because if you keep them you can you're in prison you can leave as you can mm-hmm. tell that they mm-hmm. broke her out of the mm-hmm. prison with their powers hello yeah or start a cult in prison yeah and they yeah and i was like and if they really are good at their <laughs> magic couldn't they just change her into someone else i know it's hard to like give up your identity but couldn't she just become like becky sue who like no one really knows yeah i think like no matter what keep on to your hold on to your powers like that's your strength yeah that's what's gonna help you out in any situation because literally if they if leo hadn't just happened to walk in and find a blank book of shadows mm-hmm. he they all would have been for naught and i also right i also don't understand so i just thought the book of shadows was something that they wrote stuff down in mm-hmm. i didn't i don't understand why if they take away the powers the book goes blank Maybe it's something to do with, like, their history. To where it's like, you inherited these powers, which goes along with this book. If you don't have your powers, you cannot access the magic in the book. Maybe it's something like that. I mean, but then does that mean that without them, just the book go blank? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I almost feel like, because other people are always trying to get a hand on the Book of Shadows. Right, right. They're, like, they want to steal it, but, like, does it work for other people? I think it can. I think it's just that it's, it's like, in tandem to them. So, like, somebody else could still use the book for their gain as long as the Charmed Ones still have their powers. Because that means the book would still have powers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even if it was used without them. I know. I, I just think it's kind of dumb that, like, if they destroyed the book, then they would have no powers. Like, I'm like, yeah. I thought it was, like, in your body. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> anyway, that was that was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. Um, but I love how... I love how at the end, they don't even really vanquish the Steven. They literally, like, freeze the cat, move him out of the cat. Mm. And then the, <laughs> Hannah, who's actually a leopard, which also doesn't make sense as to how they had sex, because uh, like, Hannah yeah. really is a leopard. Like, Yeah, what the fuck? Oh, that's what so is, speciality. What is Rex? <laughs> Yeah, he's a freak. I don't know, a fucking weirdo. <laughs> also, did you guys notice that Hannah is uh, Will, like one of Will and Grace's best friend in Will and Grace? She's like the one that no comes in from Jersey with her husband. I did. I wondered what happened to her because I was like, I actually just don't know. She's a recurring wow. character in Will and Grace, <laughs> and I like, and I love Will and Grace. So I watched this episode this morning and was like, mm-hmm. Wait, who is this redhead that I like am familiar with? <laughs> She, and she, you know, she's kind of a bitch in the show, and then she's kind of a bitch in Will and oh, Grace. Well, talk about typecasting. I haven't watched much of Will and yeah. Grace, but that is a cool connection. Where have you been? Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna have a spinoff podcast on Will and Grace. Oh my god, we have to because there's a new there's a new Will and Grace now, and I and I'm right, it was like revived or brought back. Yeah, I've been, I've been into it. I mean, I haven't been watching it lately because you know it takes a lot of time, but. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and she's back. Wait, who's she? Who's she? No, um, this woman. Her the the actress's real name is Lee Lee Allen cool. Baker. Um, and she's been on Will and Grace from '98 wow. to '2018. Oh, good. She. I told you, she's a reoccurring character. Everyone's <laughs> back. Wow, good for her. You know what? And I, good for that show coming back because you know sometimes when they reboot things like the reboot of Charmed. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and they like, you're, you're, you're like, does the world really need this? And 
I feel like with Will and Grace, I did need it. I love Jack and yeah. Karen. Um, I think that uh, I think that Megan Mullally. Uh, Megan Mullally, yeah. Megan Mullally, yeah. yeah. I think she's just so funny, and she yeah. she doesn't she doesn't get the airtime that she deserves. I mean, when she comes on as a cameo character, I don't know if you watched her in Parks and Recreation. Oh, she is <laughs> so funny with her and her husband. Oh, so oh. good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, so good. You know that Megan Mullally originally tried out to be Grace um, and like audition just for that role. And then they were like, oh, like we actually would like you to audition for Karen. And she's like, I don't really like want to play the uppity, like rich mm-hmm. best friend. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you actually go back, not that this is like a Will and Grace (laughs) podcast, but if you actually listen to the first, um, because that's actually not Megan Mullally's real voice. Her Mm -hmm. real voice is like much Mm -hmm. lower. And if you go back to like the first or second episode, it's it's her regular voice. And so she came into this like high pitched voice, which I was like, yeah, I think it's one of those things where like, if you watch the first season of a lot of TV shows, Sometimes the best parts of the characters aren't actually there. Um, I think you could say that, like, when they first started Friends, like, Phoebe was not as dumb and weird. And Joey was, mm-hmm. like, a working actor who was, like, kind of, like, this Italian, you know, hot man. He wasn't, like, as, like, ridiculously dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes a while for characters to get these, like, really lovable nonsensical parts of their personality that everyone just accepts. Well, so how do you think that the characters in Charmed have developed it? Like, what are their prominent personality traits that, like, that, you know, we would, like, love, Uh, if that makes sense? What we describe about Phoebe and Joey's. Well, I feel like Phoebe starts out, like, just kind of like the dumb sister who can't really take hold of anything. And so, like, people always take advantage of her, but, like, over time, she becomes... Much more fierce. Yeah, she be- she becomes she sort of like becomes more motherly mm-hmm. instead of being just like a irresponsible child. Mm-hmm. Piper goes a backbone because mm-hmm. you can't you can't say that someone's scared all the time. Like they're like was it in 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 the previous episode they have to bring back the grandmother and she's like I'm afraid of blood and it's like are you serious? Right. We've literally been killing people yeah. it's- for, you know, a couple months now and you can't you're afraid of the sight of blood. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Yeah, they. That is something that is so great about this show. Even in just this first like half of this first season, is that they really are growing and changing all the time. They challenge each other. They call each other out. You see them make tiny changes over time. That when you get a few seasons deep later on, mm-hmm. they really are completely different people. Which is true for all of us. So I really like that a lot. <laughs> And they grow as women. They all become moms. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they unless they die. Eventually, yeah. Oh, man. Spoiling this entire series for me. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Because <laughs> it hasn't already all been filmed. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I haven't watched it. You know, I'm always down to binge watch a new show. Well, we won't give away too much or anything because we hope a lot of people listening are watching as they go along yeah. as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and the journey is the reward. So if we hint at anything, hopefully it doesn't ruin it too much. Facts. Oh. The journey is the reward, Nick. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love being reminded that, you know, because we always hustle to get where we feel like we need to be. But, you know, mm. just remind yourself to stop, smell the roses and, you know, watch one or two episodes of Charmed every now and then. Facts. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, um, that, that leads me to a question. Um, so Brooke, where can people, you know, absorb you? Like what's, what's, what's in your pipeline? What's, uh, oh, yeah. absorb mm-hmm. me. <laughs> that sounds uh, like I'm an Alka-Seltzer. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so no, um, I guess like what I do, you know, besides, um, you know, tending mm-hmm. bar, during my weekday, I also um, have my own radio show um, with my co-host, um, Laura Lyons, and um, we're both half Chinese. Ooh. So our podcast is called um, Yum Cha, which in Cantonese means to, to to gab. It means to like have tea and things like that. I'm obsessed. Oh, fun. What, how do you spell Yum Cha? Um, it's phonetic. So yum, like mm, yum. And then cha, like chai tea, but without the I. So, oh, yum chai. Okay. And you can... Oh. 
Yum, yum cha. Without, so it's not cha, it's cha. Like uh, cha, cha, okay. cha. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. And you can actually, um, we have a show every Wednesday from 10 mm-hmm. to 11 p.m. Um, we used to record out through um, a DIY radio network mm-hmm. called KPIS FM, which is very similar mm-hmm. to like a lot radio. But we have found a lot of solace mm-hmm. and a lot of fun from doing it, you know, um, recording remotely, mm-hmm. just as like you were describing to me today, Mijan, how it's like, it's mm. so freeing to like be able mm-hmm. to like record when you want to, where mm-hmm. you want yeah. to kind of thing. Um, but you can listen to us on yamchanyc.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can follow us on socials as well at Yamcha NYC. We are predominantly a music show. So like we just curate a playlist um, that is mm-hmm. about 45 minutes worth. And then we'll talk if we want to talk. Um, we have ranging topics between stuff that's like, you know, what we're, you know, obsessed with over the week. So like this week I was just talking about BTS, which is like the biggest K-pop band in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And my co-host was talking about Veep, you know, another like big show that she loves. So it ranges and, you know, I've been doing it for like three years. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with Veep. Hell yeah. Oh my God, I just followed you. This is amazing. I saw. But we're also multifaceted. So mm-hmm. we also release like quarterly zines. Um, and we kind of like to describe it like highlights for adults. <laughs> if you will, because yeah. it's, we don't say, like to take ourselves too seriously. Like we are someone who like, are in the art scene but you know like you know me i'm not like i get very intimidated by arty people and like gallery openings it's a and lot, things like that. yeah mm-hmm. so it's very important to not take yourself too seriously mm-hmm. um so we do release um we self-release scenes like that and then we'll occasionally dj around like you know manhattan scene and brooklyn scene and things mm-hmm. like that so next time we have because we do mm-hmm. a um right. we've done this twice we do the Rihanna and Beyonce night at Babies, where we just play four hours of Rihanna and Beyonce, and it's a lot of fun. Oh my god, it's epic! I still haven't been, but like, I need it. I need it. No, I need. Amazing. You know how like sometimes you're like, it's it's very Dane Cook, but you're like, I just want to dance, and um, some artists give you that. Yeah. Now, who doesn't want to dance to two powerhouse women? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For four hours. Hmm. You show me, tell, tell me who doesn't. You, I will find you. Tell me. <laughs> um, no, it, it's so funny though. Cause I feel like, you know, women give us so much, but like women have given us some music that you, you don't just shake your booty, but you like, you walk away from that being like, I can do yes. anything. So do, you know? Nick and Mijan, have you guys watched Homecoming, um, the Beyonce special on Netflix yet? I have I not committed yet. yet. I'm I'm a little confused. Is it is it a concert or is it a new is it a new album? It's her Coachella like, it? performance that she had last year. And if you're <gasps> we can yeah, watch it. And they, so what they did, this is so interesting, is um I was just reading a post that was like, you know, an artist, right? Ariana Grande was paid, I think like ten million dollars to play at Coachella. Whereas Beyonce mm-hmm. negotiated her mm-hmm. price to four million dollars to have her rights to her show, to be able to record her Coachella performance and then sold the rights to have it, you know, sold to Netflix or something like that. So she could, it's very entrepreneurial, basically. Oh, she is taking it back Mm, for the, you know, because I always wondered, it was really hard to watch the performance after it and everyone knows that it was amazing. So, oh my God, I'm going to get so much life. No, so... That so that brings so me to the fact, cool. like, so I, I mean, I am sort of like not a dynamic Beyonce fan. Mm-hmm. If anything, I kind of like drag my feet in the mud to mm-hmm. be like, I like her. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. she has the whole world who likes her. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm just, you know, a, like a random number. But Yeah, that gets after, exhausting after a while. Yeah, it does. So like for me to, I watched like maybe like 30 minutes of it because I was falling asleep in my bed and when her music comes on and she plays like half the songs from Lemonade, you feel so empowered. It is mm-hmm. just like you can dance, but dancing to stuff like that, you feel empowered. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and I have to say, um, cause I don't want awesome. this beehive to come and like, you know, kill me. But, um, <laughs> I will say that. So I went through a really dark Beyonce time and I feel like, a lot of the fans did as well. We were just like, we're just a little underwhelmed. Not that like her music wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I was like, I will listen to the good Beyonce song, but I don't need the whole album. 
And then Lemonade came out. And oh. I remember I, Gawker was still a thing. I think Gawker's closed now. Um, but at the Gawker offices, they had a watch party for uh, the video when it came out. And so um, it, for the, people in New York know this, mm-hmm. uh, or people in New York in the, I don't know, people in the scene. Um, so um, so Gawker has, um, and I think it's the same, it's Jezebel. Their offices have this huge amphitheater where they can just screen things. Um, so basically mm-hmm. it was like, it was semi-BYOB, but they had like ice and people pouring stuff. So you just, you like, you brought wine, you, you put it there and then everyone filled up the amphitheater and it was full of all these, like, it's like all the fabulous mm-hmm. gay people that like, I don't know, but they're, they're there. They're beautiful. They're multi, they're of all ages. They have really good mm-hmm. fashion sense. And we just, we all got mm-hmm. together and we watched that Beyonce special and from start to finish, mm-hmm. it was everything. And I, and and I, I bought the album, and I, I, I still think that the, the, um, um, I didn't really like the the Super Bowl song that she had. Oh, the, what, I'm not what sure. do you mean, like what her Super Bowl performance? So or like remember the, when she she had at, done the Super Bowl the year before, but then she came back and like debuted one of the Lemonade songs. Oh, Formation. Yeah, I don't like Formation. I think that's that's yeah. I think it's basic. It sounds like everything else. No, but if you listen to the lyrics, where it's just like you know, I like my you know, baby with like baby hairs and afro. It's, mm. it's, a, it's it, like lyrically, like you can separate it apart, but she is a testament and like yeah. a godsend for, you know, women of color and women as well. Like, I agree. even though mm-hmm. like, I do feel like her, um, you know, the backstory with Jay-Z cheating on her was mm-hmm. sort of like a big publicity stunt in order to build a story for that album. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. We right, needed right. that. Women were like, yeah, this is a breakup album that we need to feel empowered to like shed away. I know. Totally. And I, I love the conversation that it drove after it all came out. We Because it did get mixed reviews in like a mass mm-hmm. audience way where some people, it was the first time a Beyonce album was like divisive ah. in a way because- some people, because a lot of uh, largely women and especially women of color were like, wow, finally an <laughs> album for me. And then a lot of people who've loved Beyonce for years and years and years were saying like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really feeling this women? one. And yes. The whole con- yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. The whole conversation was, oh, maybe because not everything's yeah. for you. And maybe it's okay for Beyonce to make an album that is well, yeah. her expressing herself and her music and her history and history in a different way I agree. it doesn't have to be for everyone which which was which was like a cool aspect to it you know well, like it or not like it as much the period that i was like confused with beyonce was when she would do like a super urban song and then she'd have a song that was like basically like pop almost like country um and so i was like there was one album mm, where she had it was a double album that she released it was like beyonce and sasha fierce and all the Sasha Fierce songs were like R and B, and then the and then mm-hmm. the Beyonce songs were like white. And I was like, I was like, oh, you're just playing to both markets. But I was right, bored because right. I was like, who are you as an artist? And I felt like this was like, I mean, mm. it, it's a, it's authentic as you can get from Beyonce, but it was it was deep. There was there was meat and bones behind these songs, and I still will. You know, when I'm, you know, mm. traveling, we'll we'll play lemonade, my my like best of lemonade, and that stuff is good. You know, it just mm. it was a moment. I felt I had feelings. I cried. Hell yeah, no, I didn't cry, but you know, awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I I can't wait to watch Homecoming now because I just think it's so it's so amazing. And also, my fiance, uh, it's a big thing with like we've talked about Beyonce before, and I in a similar way like. I do very much like uh, plenty of Beyonce's music and I very much appreciate her for who she is and what she brings to everything. But it's a, it's the feeling of like, well, everybody loves her. That's so I don't need exactly, to be That's fan. exactly what I was saying. Um, but my fiance is even a little bit further along than that, where he, it, it usually steers in the direction of like, he appreciates her, but he doesn't, he's never really been into pop music. So she's just not really part of his radar. But then if the conversation steers toward, well, she doesn't really have a big creative hand. Like she doesn't write her own songs. And then that gets into the debate of like, well, so what? I mean, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't. Sure, it's cool if if uh, musicians write their own lyrics, but at the same time, plenty of people don't. 
And does it really matter? I think I just um, want it to be good. And I think that yeah, if you watch, yeah. if you watch Beyonce perform her body of work, there's a lot of good uh, stuff there. And it's like, uh, you try. Yeah, totally, totally. And that doesn't have to be like the standard, mm -hmm. you know, because she is so entertaining that I don't care if she's written every lyric. So maybe lyric writing isn't her strength, but you know, it is her strength, singing her ass off, mm -hmm. dancing her ass off, being, providing mm -hmm. this like light to black history and historically black colleges and things like that, that are like so important and so valuable. And those are great strengths. You don't need to write your own music all the time. And sometimes the best music is not your music. Like, yeah. Like I, I miss, I miss OG Mariah sometimes. And I'm like, just, Mm -hmm. Just give it to give it to God, and someone will write you a good song. No, her new album <laughs> right. is so good. Cause, cause... I'm sorry. Is it? Yes. Oh, is it? oh, oh wow. wow. Oh my God. Oh. Well, I haven't I haven't <laughs> deep dive and listened, but if you can do an episode about it on uh, Yamcha, I will. I'll yes. Do yeah. And you know what? Maybe the best lyric writers in the world aren't good singers, and they just got to mm -hmm. come together. Just like all the best witches in Charmed. Yeah. Oh, look at, look at that full circle. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we, we went we went off on the on the Queen of the Coven Beyonce. Hey, there. we're talking about powerful women. I'm cool with that. That's right. I'm into That's it. Right. I'm into it. I feel like any any good conversation needs to like go where greatness goes, and then it stays good. Love that. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. No, but um, you know, everyone, I just. I just have to say this, this was great. This is a great conversation. I'm just, I'm in awe of everyone's knowledge and um, appreciation of mm -hmm. I don't know, the world. I don't know. I'm just feeling, I feel like very, very empowered. Um, thank you so much, Brooke. Um, oh my gosh. Well, thank you for asking me. Thank you. Uh, this is like what I like you literally, and I never really have this, time off right so mm -hmm. Nijan asked me last night to see if I want to be a guest and I was like oh my god I'm not doing mm. anything it's to be great <laughs> to exercise Perfect. like my you know my talking mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it <laughs> <laughs> well we had a, we had a dramatic cancellation and um you were on the list and I was like you know what like if she's free it would be great to have her oh meant mm -hmm. to be facts facts <laughs> facts facts um yeah. So, so we have to have great. you back. Um, you're welcome anytime. And um, I just, I love you to bits. Thank you. I love you guys to bits. And then, you know, Nick, I've never met <laughs> you, but I love you to cyber yeah. bits. Oh, thank you so or much. Cyber Same bits. here. Ha. Same here. It's been thank such you. a pleasure. Yes. This is, and you guys have great, like, like voices and energy. Like I can hear it through like the hallway from me down the hall, but for you, I don't know what borough you're in, but I can feel it from here. Oh, well, okay. Uh, toodles to the listeners and we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you all so much. Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is just, wow. it's insane. Mm -hmm. um, these guests are just getting better and better. Like mm -hmm. I had no idea that like, not only would I see toxic masculinity in a different way, but that I could somehow be shocked by Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, that just, just so much ferocity and I just keep getting more and more impressed by Miss Beyonce. And Yay. I love, I love that uh, our podcast like led into that territory. That's how lucky are we? <laughs> it's just like how the world works. Like, you know, you kind of like stumble around and then just Beyonce, she's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and do we deserve it? I don't know, but I don't want to question it. It's here. I'm here for it. I'm, I am here for it. And I'm here for Brooke <laughs> because uh, I took a little listen to her podcast. Of course, it's fire. She's so funny, um, mm -hmm. even though she doesn't know it. And it's just such a pleasure to have her on the podcast. We're definitely going to have her back as we get more guests, but... You know, like life has been crazy. I'm in a show right now. Um, you know, I know you've been really busy. It's all busy. I mean, I'm just trying to get on that grind and everything. Mm -hmm. But I think like circling it all back together, it's like Beyonce just keeps us going because if she can do what she does, you know, that's 
That's how we got to get out of bed. I mean, that girl's a professional and it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> um, but you know, that being said, um, this was just such a fun episode and it just reminds me of like how when you bring good people together, um, uh, just good things happen. Like, I mean, after we recorded that, Brooke and I had to walk like straight to work and we just had the mm. funnest conversation. I had a great shift that night and I just, I just felt better about the world. So like bring your friends into crap that you do and life, mm-hmm. just, life just gets better. Yeah. And that's a great way to stay active and advance your goals too. Do them together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I guess we will see you next week for a little um, pizza clay. Oh yeah. Feats of clay. <laughs> Sounds like a fetish, a fetish thing. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. bye.